Alright, hello everybody and welcome to our first full episode of Pass, Play, or Purchase. This is your host, Kevin. And this is Leanne. As always, thank you for listening and joining us today on our coverage of Seven Wonders. So just to provide some background on this game, uh, there are two editions. One that came out back in uh, 2010 and then sort of recently, uh, if you're a veteran gamer it probably feels like a long time ago uh but yeah it came out in 2020 the the reprint the second edition and we wanted to cover this because well actually a few things one is it's apparently one of the most awarded games in history uh with like over 30 international awards uh they're saying there's almost 2 million copies sold so i don't know apparently this game is pretty good Uh, it's definitely a classic Uh, And I think it's a great gateway game uh, for people who are a little bit newer to the hobby. And so for this episode, though, we'll only cover the base game. And to clarify, there's a lot of expansions out there. Um, And I know there's a lot of thoughts, opinions on it, but we'll keep it simple. Stick to the base game. So if you're already familiar with the first edition, uh, there have been some minor tweaks for balancing. Uh, and there's some new cards here, just to kind of freshen it up. Uh, speaking of which, probably the most noticeable thing when you look at the second edition is the artwork. Everything's been revamped. I think it's a little bit brighter, cleaner, uh, but still recognizable. So that part is nice. Again, really freshens things up. The kind of core things going on here with Seven Wonders is it'll allow up to seven people to play the game simultaneously again ignoring expansions and it can be had for around forty five dollars now that's just a quick like amazon look Uh, i'm sure there's a lot of other places right that you can buy your board games maybe you want to support uh, your local hobby shop which is great Uh, but just to give us kind of a, a ballpark there and very simply what you're doing is you're building your tableau or wonder Uh, to have the most victory points. Go figure, right? Uh, So you can have the winningest wonder uh, amongst your friends. And you're building up, I mean, actual wonders like Halicarnassus, Giza, Babylon, and others. Uh, But to really dive a little bit more into the gameplay, I'll turn things over to Leanne. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, as Kevin mentioned, uh, this game is, as as the title suggests, the seven wonders of the world is where it takes its theme from, which I think is very appealing and exciting for many people. Um, and certainly I do appreciate the updated artwork. I think the game, the 2020 edition of the game looks great. Um, so the way that this game works is you're going to actually be the builder of a wonder. So you get to either choose or you can randomly distribute game boards that each have a wonder on them and each game board has a daytime side or a nighttime side and you can choose which side you want to play or you can randomize that Um, there isn't to me a a large difference between the sides in terms of difficulty Um, but there is there are differences among the different wonders that you can choose from so that contributes a lot to the replayability of this game and then What the game has is three rounds, which are called ages. So age one, age two, and age three, there's a deck of cards for each. And every age, um, you're gonna be dealt your hand, 
uh, your starting hand, you're going to choose a card that you're going to keep and play. The rest of that hand gets passed to the next player. Um, and it might be counterclockwise or clockwise, the directions switch each age. Um, and then everybody gets to reveal and play their card at the same time. So you're looking at your hand, deciding what you want to play, everyone else is deciding as well. You all reveal at the same time and then you keep going down to your last two cards. You choose that card that you're going to keep and play, the other one gets discarded back to the box. And you do that again for H2 and H3. Very simple, very straightforward. Um, and there's different kinds of cards that you get to choose from, um, the different ways that you can get points. So the wonder on your board requires certain resources to construct. And there might be anywhere between two to, I think, four stages of your wonder that you can build. And it might require resources. So there are brown cards that are things like stone or wood or brick. Um, and then so you, that's very straightforward. You choose how many you need of that and you construct your wonder. Um, the other types of cards that there are in each deck include yellow cards, which give you money. Money is great because it allows you to um, purchase some higher value cards um, or it even allows you to purchase resources from your neighbors to your right and left. So you don't always have to ha own your own resources to complete stages of your wonder. Um, and money at the end of the game converts to points at a three to one ratio. There are blue cards, which are simply points. There are red cards, which are military. So most of the game is side by side play, but with military cards, depending on if your military value is higher than your neighbors, you may earn points that way. If your military value is less than your neighbors, then you may lose points. Um, and then there's green cards, which are science cards. And science cards have an interesting scoring mechanism where it's basically set collection. You can earn points by collecting, um, you know, one of each kind to make a complete set, or you can collect multiple of the same type, and then there's a multiplier on the points value. Um, and as you complete the stages of your wonder, you will, you will probably get points and or resources, and that varies depending on which wonder you are playing as. Um, and it goes for three rounds, and then at the end of the game, there's the final scoring, and that is seven wonders. Um, so, Kevin, what's, can we get into your take on this game? Uh, if we have to. Oh, wait, that's the point of this, right? Um, yeah, so I'll start with some of the positive notes. So, kind of going back, you know, again, it does play up to seven people, and I think it does it well because of the simultaneous play, right? For those of us who are uh, veteran board gamers, right, we're used to those where it's best for, what, three to maybe five players. Uh, but again, with the simultaneous play and it being a shorter game, I would say whether you're playing with three, playing with seven, overall, hey, it's still enjoyable. Um, and the other part is it's easy enough to teach, uh, easy enough to learn. So again, kind of going back to where it, it's a good gateway game, you know, if you're getting started, I think it's a great game to include. Uh, but even if you're a veteran gamer, uh, there's enough depth, enough replayability here to still have an enjoyable time. Uh, there's also enough replayability. So, uh, you know, again, 
it's not just like, oh, play it once and, and put it away. Uh, if you keep playing it over and over while we're not covering it here, there are a lot of expansions uh, just to keep adding more layers to it. One of which, by the way, again, I, I apologize. I said I wasn't going to get into it, but uh, if you had listened to our introduction earlier, you know I'm a fan of co-op. And so with an expansion, it is possible uh, to play this in a, uh, not, not like a full-on co-op, but at least a team-based setting. Oh. Uh, yep. Hey, so <laughs> you already know how she feels about that, and that's okay. Uh, but yeah, for me, it actually could be a plus side. So just, again, there, there's a lot of layers here uh, that go beyond the base game uh, if, you know, you already find interest in it. Now, some words of caution. There, there's a lot of setup and components here. So I'm going to start with framing it where a game might last, I don't know, what, like 30 minutes? Probably sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. And for that 30-minute enjoyable game, I would say it's at least probably 10 minutes of setup. I mean, yeah, aside from the unboxing, you have three decks to shuffle. Uh, one, I'll call it like a mini deck, which has what, I don't know, let's just say like 10 cards or something. Uh, that you would need to shuffle up, uh, draw a handful of them, and then include that into the third age deck. Uh, you got to distribute coins to players. Uh, of course, you got to deal out the cards uh, to play. There's uh, military tokens. Yeah, there, there, there's just a lot of components. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily. It's just, again, uh, for a 30-minute game, it can actually feel kind of fiddly dealing with all of these things. Now, this is for the physical copy. If you happen to be playing online, like through uh, Board Game Arena, obviously they deal with all of that for you. And I think it makes it uh, a very easy experience. Uh, and so the game uh, can really speed up. I mean, of course, setup, right, is just a, a click of a button away. But even then, playing the game can go a lot faster, right? You don't have to shuffle, you don't have to deal, pass the cards, all of that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just depending, again, on your, your choice of platform. Uh, could be something to look out for. Not a deal breaker by any means, just, again, a, a word of caution. Um, and then the last part is still kind of going back to how I think it's a good thing. Uh, it's not like this is a very deep, uh, strategy-heavy game. Uh, again, if you listened to our, our intro earlier, you know I'm not a fan of games that are too heavy. You know, the two-and-a-half, three-hour, uh, yeah, uh, the, the brain busters. I'll, I'll play it, mind you. But, yeah, again, if you are looking for that type of game, then Seven Wonders is, is not going to uh, be fulfilling for you. <laughs> So that's pretty much my quick take on it. Um, Leanne. So I think on the positive side, many people will enjoy the theme of the historical wonders. And it is pretty cool from the beginning, you know, that you're building, the idea that you're building the pyramids of Giza or the hanging gardens of Babylon or the Colossus of Rhodes. I think that is, um, that's fun and that's part of the appeal of this game for sure. The simultaneous play, I agree with you, Kevin, 100%, that it makes it 
fun for everyone because there is no downtime. When you're playing this game, you're playing the whole time. Everyone is taking a turn at the same time. You don't have to wait for other people. Um, I don't know. You have those slow players sometimes you got to watch out for. <laughs> if that really bothers you, just set a, a little timer, you know? Um, but, but I think that that makes a really big difference, that you're not having to wait for long periods of time without actively doing something to advance your own points. Um, I like that there are multiple ways that you can accumulate points. Um, there's all different types of cards like we were talking about earlier, so you can experiment with different paths to victory, and you might um, choose a different path to victory depending on which wonder you have and then who your neighbors are. Um, it really does matter because you can get resources from your neighbors or if they're building up their military bigger than yours you want to keep an eye on them um, and so that will change how you play this game every single time and it's a really popular game i think for good reason um, that it's easy to find people willing to play it whether you're trying it online on board game arena or if you have your own copy um, i think that you'll be able to find people who are interested in playing it eager to play it um, my words of caution and i think it's just you know kevin we're, we're spoiled for choice we've played this game so many times in fact i remember i think it was one of the first board games that your actually your family introduced me to at thanksgiving one year um and i it was it was great it was a really great experience since that time what 10 years ago We've probably played this game dozens of times. Have we even played it a hundred times, dare I say? And so at this point, for me, um, I do find the theme to be just a little bit dry. Uh, just maybe it's, it's, it's very familiar. The mechanics, for better or for worse, are extremely straightforward, right? There's one thing you do on your turn, and that's look at your cards, choose the card you want to play, pass the rest to the next guy. And so if you're like me, where I tend to like lots of different types of actions in a game. Um, I tend, if you listen to our intro, you know that I like European worker placement kind of games. Then this is different from that, right? You're doing the same thing every single turn over and over for three ages. Um, and so uh, I think the game can actually be somewhat engineered with some mathematical calculation. How much, when you're looking at your cards, one card is obviously going to give you more points than another card. That's actually pretty straightforward to calculate out. With that said, I will admit I'm not a master player of Seven Wonders by any means, um, but just depending on your own, how you like to play games. If you like games where you want to math out your possibilities, or you like a little bit more of an introduction of chance or the influence of personality or reading other people, this game doesn't have any of that. It's very straightforward from that standpoint, um, which for me is, is not my favorite. Um, so that's my word of caution there. All right. Well, thanks for that. Before we start getting to the decisions, I just want to point out something funny that uh, one of Leanne's words of caution here is if you've played this game a hundred times or more, uh, then it might start to get a little dry. <laughs> so yeah, make of that what you will. Uh, so that being said, I, I kind of have a split decision here. And so if you have the first edition then I would say the second edition is a pass. Now, if you 
don't have any version of this game, I think it's a purchase. I mean, do yourself a favor, get a copy, or at least uh, make good friends with someone who has a copy, because, yeah, to me, this is a, a can't-miss game. Uh, Leanne? So I think this is definitely a play um, for me at this point. Don't pass on this game. I mean, I would agree with Kevin. You can't miss this. This is a game that has so much replayability. It's very popular. It's won so many awards for good reason. The artwork looks great. The theme is fun. Um, if, if someone you know has it, I don't think that I would have a desire to purchase it for myself. Um, but definitely learn how to play this um, and you'll be you know, able to have gaming friends of all kinds because everyone will want to play it. Um, and I think you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Don't pass on it. Um, I don't purchase it for myself because, well, I guess I have other people who own their copies and I can always use theirs to my heart's content. Which, by the way, is always a great technique for expanding your board gaming horizons. But uh, there, there you have it. So uh, just depending on your situation, it, it can be a pass, could be a play, could be a purchase. Uh, but either way, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We appreciate you listening, and we hope you join us on our next one. Thank you. Thank you.